Casey? Yeah. Hey, oh, hey. Hi, hi. Hi. There you are. What's up? Uh, nothing much. I mean, you know, we live together. You know what I've been doing. <laughs> so today we got another Bible study and we're going to try to do our best to really get through this because we're recording it pretty late at night. And uh, so I'm just going to quickly go through this and trust me, this is all accurate shit. We're going to be going through a lot of feasts today, and basically the Mad Hatter is going to be there that's swapping up a whole bunch of the uh, names of them. And it basically, he's going to go, switch places, <laughs> and, uh, you know, change up all the names. And then apparently there's three major ones, which, of course, the magical number of three in the Bible. Apparently there's going to be pilgrim feasts, like in the Mayflower. <laughs> No. And then there's going to be a seven-day feast of bread. Uh, then there's going to cut uh, – they're going to be cutting people. Wait, uh, and then there's offerings. And then there's the harvest of first fruits in many weeks, which also could be called the Pentecost for the 50th day of its feasting. Uh, but apparently there's different offerings in different parts of the Bible. I mean, that's just standard stuff right there. And then we get a feasting of the trumpets, which I don't know if trumpets are like just a different version of crumpets or maybe truffles. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some <laughs> truffles in the desert that we don't know about. Um, and then there's the uh, first day of the seventh month. That's the Rosh Hashabagana. For God's sake. Uh, and then there's an, a Day of Atonement, which is the Yom Kippur. Um, and it, the, the, apparently it's the only day you fast while confessing your sins really fast. <laughs> um, and apparently Aaron's traditions come into big play there. And then um, apparently if you don't fast and be a lazy fuck, then you're going to get fucked in the ass by God. And then there's a, another feast, um, a, a feast of pussy knuckles, and then there's what? a feast of the antisocials, and then there's a seven days of the eleven. Oh no, there's a seven days of a feast where you have to live in a wooden booth, <laughs> and uh, the entire time you got to eat out of it too. I think people probably just chuck the food over the walls, um, and then you got to kill a bunch of shit. That was particularly awful. Well, you know, I'm. I mean, that's that's how I do things, just straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> What's up, heathens? How y'all doing? Hi, y'all. Hey there, Casey. So obviously, I got some things wrong. You're here to correct me. Well, yeah. So I feel like. You maybe just wrote shit down, and because you're an engineer, couldn't read your handwriting, so you made stuff up as you went. Maybe it was that. Maybe the Bible is just uh, a crazy-ass ridiculous. Well, that's true, too. So you want to get into it? Yes. Okay, so just a reminder, we are going through the laws, right? So we're covering laws in Exodus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, and Leviticus. I know I did those out of order, sorry. <laughs> but we uh, we are covering laws in all of those. So today, the whole section is about special feasts in general, like festivals that for God, 
and a couple of other days because there's three major feasts and there's a few other feast days or important days on the calendar of note. All right. So there are in Exodus God appoints three feast days to celebrate a festival to him because who doesn't want fest? It doesn't he sound like Kim Jong Il? Oh, I was thinking Donald Trump, but I mean, you know, same difference. Same difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's like, let's just celebrate me. Like, I mean, I get my birthday, which is used to be really cool. Um, I used to never work on my birthday. Now I do because I have a job that doesn't allow me to not work. Adulting is hard. Adulting sucks. You know, when I was a kid, January was my birthday month and I had parties with different families and got presents all month long and it was great. And then when I got to be in high school or whatever, it was my birthday week. And now it's just, I'm lucky if I get the day and, um, my parents call. Hey, I try to give you a good birthday. I know you do. Okay. Sorry. We got, look, we already got distracted. Okay. I didn't do it. I know it was me. It was totally me. Okay. So the first feast we're going to talk about um, is the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, and it's a seven-day feast. That's where they don't have, like, yeast in it, and it doesn't rise, and it's basically pita bread. Well, yeah, but what that is commemorating is the Passover. Okay, so they do that. Well, the Passover in the Exodus from Egypt. Wait, I thought that they stood outside of their tents, farted, or vaped a really thick cloud, and then painted their tents with blood. That is not what happens. Oh, okay. The next feast is the Feast of Harvest, um, and they basically are going to be celebrating the first fruits of the crops. So you get to take the first fruits and give to God. We know that you already need to do that. We've talked about that before. So this is the feast where they get to do that. Um, can Can you imagine being a Jew, hungry as fuck because you've been wandering the desert for 40 years? You finally get a place to call your own. And they've got, like, luscious trees with, like, giant oranges. What kind of fruit grows out there? Any? Okay. Oranges. Apples. Giant, giant crazy-ass, like, Israeli kind of (laughs) apples and oranges. And then it's like, well, we got to give these to God. And it's like, but we haven't eaten in three years. Well, son, that not being biologically possible, but on another hand, we got to give it up to God. Well, actually, they can't eat the fruit for five years anyway, remember? Because the first three years, they aren't allowed to eat the fruit. Then the fourth year, they have to offer all the fruit to God. And then the fifth year... Well, yeah, but when they when, when they conquer a land, they have to give the fruit that's already there to God. Yes, they do. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I get that planting new crops and doing the whole five-year thing. That, yeah. I mean, that I get. But, but you mean the trees that are already there. Right. I got you. Okay. And the last feast, the last major feast is the Feast of Ingathering. Um, these also have different names and it's going to be kind of confusing. In Deuteronomy, for whatever reason, um, they talk about how you have to alternate the names for the feasts. So it's super confusing for whatever reason. Oh, now I see where I got the Mad Hatter thing from. <laughs> Um, and these feasts, these three are meant to be pilgrimages. So God also, well, in Exodus, God tells the Israelite people, I will drive out nations before you in larger territory and no one will covet your land when you go up three times a year because all, all of the Israelites have to go to whatever holy place that is closest to where they live to, um, you know, do their offerings and things like that. Okay. So let's go back to the first one. 
Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay. This is a... I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt real quick. Can we just call it Feast of Pita Bread? No. But I mean, that's what it is. Not particularly. Oh. Not all unleavened bread is pita bread. I don't know. When they were cooking it on the History Channel, it looked like, you know, fucking gordita stuff. Or wait, no, chalupa. It looked like chalupa bread. The History Channel is not exactly dead on balls accurate. (laughs) (laughs) So the Passover memorializes the freeing of the Israelites from the Egyptians. Um, And, you know, death passed over the land, killed the firstborn of all the Israelites. So they have a week-long feast of unleavened bread that follows that and commemorates the exodus itself. The Passover meal includes uh, lamb, uh, unleavened bread, which represents purity, and bitter herbs, which represent the horrors of bondage. Uh, Cleansing of sins is seen in the blood of the lamb that they put on the door. So they made them eat? Like the the bad herbs and spices just so that they could taste the anguish? Well, they, did, they didn't just <laughs> eat them plain. They cooked with the bitter herbs. Well, right. And, but yeah. I mean, it's like you, you cook with bitter herbs now and you feed it to your kid. And your kid's like, what the fuck is this? This is the taste the anguish of my ancestor's son. Well, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so we already kind of know what Passover signifies. We know what it was. We don't really need to go through it. They talk about it in Exodus and Deuteronomy. Um, because repetitive is what the Bible is. Yes. And we don't have to go over all of it again. In numbers, there is a penalty for not observing the feast of unleavened bread. Oh, is this the fuck you in the ass part? No. Um, you're just cut off from your people. Well, I mean, that's kind of getting fucked. Well, I mean, you don't get killed. So there's that. Hey, at least you can go back to those Midianite girls and get you some ass. <laughs> I guess you could. Um, guests are allowed to participate in the Passover and uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but they have to do so in accordance with God's rules and regulations, and the aliens have to have the same rules as the native forms. Oh, is that like Xenu? I don't know. I don't believe that's what they mean. I don't know. Well, I mean, in the Mormony faith, I mean, they think that, like, they traveled all the way from Egypt or Israel or whatever to the Americas. These are so, Mormons. These are Jews. So would that make the Israelite, like, in America an alien? In America? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's also certain offerings, okay? We already know the observation of the unleavened bread, what that means with the no... Um, no yeast and why we also know that they're not allowed to do any work on the first day or the last day of, of this feast. Okay. Or else your ass is going to be on the road. (laughs) And they have to have sacred assemblies on both days to open and close. Kind of like the Olympics, you know, opening ceremony, closing ceremony. Oh, do you think they have like a Jew torch that they run from one end of the village to the other? I don't know, but if they have a Jew torch, it better be lit with God's fucking flame or else everybody is going up. <laughs> it's got to be those specific flames. I just talked about Jews burning. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was a total accident, y'all. Um, so It wasn't. It was. It was. So the sacrifice is made on the first day. Two young bulls, a ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, all without defect. You obviously, of course, have to prepare each bull with a grain offering, and it tells you how much. And then fine flour mixed with oil, it tells you how much, the ram, how much, blah, blah, blah. Um, You also have to prepare these in addition to the regular morning burnt offering. Um, So, you know, it's a lot of killing of animals, but not near as much 
as we're going to have here in a little bit. It's going to turn into a bloodbath. Yes, it is. Okay, so the next feast is the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest, or the Feast of First Fruits. Okay, so this is the rotating name shit, okay? Oh, you see, earlier I got this. I mashed them all together. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... This feast is seven weeks following the Feast of Unleavened Bread on the 50th day. Jesus Christ. It's like you got to have a calculator to be a Jew. Well, you calendar. Oh, well, you go by the Jew calendar. Damn. that Was that was that like a money joke? <laughs> kind of was, but, but not calculators. Adding machines. So much easier. Abacuses. <laughs> Abacai. Hey, I loved having an adding machine when I did billing. It was great. You like turned in the crank, didn't you? No, it's there like, was no fucking You fucked. And then you do more calculations. You're fucked. They didn't have a crank. God damn. What century do you think I live in? I, I, I don't know. I don't know I'm anything about that. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. I'm oh. old, but I'm not that old. Well, no, it's not a, like being old. It's just like you said, adding machines. And I just, for, like, whenever I think of an accountant or like adding machines or whatnot, I just think of the whole like. And then crank your fuck. And, you know, that's that's what I think about when I think of that. Okay. Um, so this feast is also called the Pentecost because it's on the 50th day after the first feast. Deuteronomy discusses the time for the feast. Then Leviticus and Exodus talk about the wave offering. I don't know if you remember wave offerings, but basically you kill shit, you burn it, and then you wave it around in front of God to get the aroma up to heaven. I don't know. His nostrils. I don't know, but he likes that sweet, sweet burnt meat aroma. Um, So in Leviticus, it talks about offering what meats you're supposed to offer what first fruits you're supposed to offer because you already know we're supposed to give the first and the best, right? The first one-tenth and the best to God. Um, You're supposed to bring a certain amount of bread uh, with seasonings, all the offerings, how many goats you're supposed to sacrifice and all that shit. But it's interesting because the offerings in Leviticus and the offerings listed in Numbers for these are different. So for the same feast in the Bible, they tell you different shit to offer. So, you know, consistency. Well, I mean, this seems to be on par with the Bible, along with the three days and the seven days and everything. I mean, it's it's all magical numbering. Yeah. So the next feast is actually a minor feast. It's not one of the major ones. We've already talked about two of the major ones. This is a minor one. Um, but it is called the Feast of Trumpets. It is on the first day of the seventh month according to the religious calendar but if you place that day on the civil calendar it is uh the first month so it's a new year's celebration and it's uh now called rosh hashanah i know most people have probably heard of rosh hashanah that is new year's celebration for jews i wonder why it's called the feast of trumpets do like the trumpeters like do they have like their alarm clocks or just trumpeters that like blast? What if some asshole sits his trumpeter for like, you know, 3 a.m. and the 3 a.m. guy blasts it out and everybody gets woken up? <laughs> well, they, I, I, don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> I like how you're just like, I don't know, but I, I, I can't discredit you. So, well, so they're <laughs> supposed to. The point of this feast is to sound the trumpets and give offerings to God and thanks. And so they do sound trumpets on that day. I mean, do they think God's deaf or something? I mean, I God know. is supposed to be able to hear them no matter what. I mean, he heard Sarah crying in the tent. Or not crying, but laughing at his ass in the he tent. Did. He did. You're right. So there's there should be no reason why, you know, he's got to have trumpets to let him know the, the New Year's here. I mean. <laughs> They're just celebrating. I mean, it's like everybody counting down the ball dropping and singing Old Lang Syne, right? Basically, they sound the trumpets. They offer one young bull, one ram, and seven male lambs a year old. Of course, all without defect, right? So that's what they do. You're not allowed to work. Whenever you say without defect, I just think of like a goat or a lamb that's like cross-eyed and got its tongue <laughs> hanging all the way out. Yeah. I could just see like Jebediah bringing that one up to sacrifices. Like, come on, Jebediah, what are no, you playing at here? We aren't taking that one. Damn it, I can't eat it. And it just stares at me all the time. <laughs> well, he can eat it. He's just not allowed to sacrifice it to God because it's not perfect. Right? Okay. So the all these feasts, just so you know, are in addition to their regular offerings that they're required to give and all of their regular celebrations and everything. These are just their special ones. So the next thing in the seventh month on the 10th day, which actually falls in like September, October, is the Day of Atonement. All right? Um, this day is basically, well, so I should probably tell you, it's celebrated as Yom Kippur. Oh, Yom Kippur. You know, this is actually uh, very, very much uh, cross-referenced in the New Testament. Oh, yeah? Yes. Uh, do you remember when it, the Jewish people are given the option of letting Jesus go or letting Barabbas go? Yes. Uh, at that point, that is a representation of the Yom Kippur Ritual. Mm -hmm. um, it is, you know, they let Barabbas go carrying the sins of Israel off into the forest. That's the scapegoat. Yeah. And then you have the sacrifice that is later sacrificed. Yeah. And then, uh, but they, they have to, in the New Testament, they have to reconcile like all of these feasts. So like they have uh, Ma Mark, Matthew and Luke have Passover taking place just before this. Okay. And, so it, with with the Passover, you know, the Passover meal has been replaced by Jesus's own tradition. And then he sacrificed to God. This is the, the Last Supper. The, the Last Supper. Okay. That is the new covenant. That's like the new way they do it. They totally erase the old way. Gotcha. They've given a new way. Oh, okay. But in the Gospel of John, they actually have uh, the Last Supper taking place the night before Passover so that. It is uh, when Jesus is killed, that is when the sacrificial lambs are sacrificed. Gotcha. So that it's more of a uh, uh, symbolic kind of death. I got you. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So so this Yom Kippur thing, it is the only day of fasting, um, the only day that Jews are required to fast. And basically it is – this is a feast that kind of follows the traditions of Aaron and kind of like GE was saying, they have two goats. One of the goats is a sin offering for the priest. One of the goats is a sin offering for the people. Um, and basically one of the goats gets killed and one of the goats gets let go, taking away the confessions 
of the Israelites. Um, they also have a purification rite. Um, this is an annual tradition. Um, it does take place in September, October kind of time. And um, like I said, in Leviticus, it talks about how this is a day of fasting. And anyone who does not deny themselves on that day has to be cut off from their people. And God specifically says that he will destroy from among his people anyone who does any work on that day. So it's kind of a big deal. Don't work, don't eat. I guess you're just supposed to spend all day like confessing your sins and praying. Masturbating. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to spend the entire day masturbating. Um, there's also a special offering at the end of this, um, that you do a special burnt offerings and offering to God. Um, so then the last major feast is the feast of the tabernacles, the feast of the booths or the feast of the ingathering. Okay. So there's different names for them for different reasons. Um, in gathering they use because it is at the end of harvest. And so they're gathering the last of the harvest from their fields and whatever. So obviously some of that has to be sacrificed to God. Um, booths, which uh, we're going to talk about how how they represent during, during this time, it is a seven day feast. And during this time, they have to gather branches on the first day and build booths out of tree branches. And they have to live there for the entirety of the festival, basically to commemorate how the Israelites lived when they were first brought out of Egypt. Okay. Um, there are a lot, a lot of offerings for this feast. Okay. And they eat a lot and it's, 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 a, it's a celebration. It's a celebration thing. Um, but what they do, and I'm not going to read through all of them. So on the first day of this, they have to present an offering made by fire, right? So the God can smell how good it all smells, right? Of 13 young bulls, two rams and 14 male lambs, a year old, all without defect. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, they also have to sacrifice one male goat as a sin offering. Well, shit. Yeah. So every day of the feast, they sacrifice the same number of rams, which is two, 14 male lambs a year old, all without defect, and one male goat as a sin offering. Now, on the first day, I already told you they sacrifice 13 young bulls. Each consecutive day of the festival, they sacrifice one fewer bull until on the last day, they sacrifice seven bulls on the last day. And then on the eighth day, they have an assembly and they do no work. You know, it's no wonder the Jews, after so many years, just got fed up with, like, killing all of these fucking livestock. It was just like, can we just kill one motherfucker and be done with it? Is that possible? Yeah. They have to kill a lot of animals. And, you know, it's interesting because I have never seen Jews celebrate and kill this many animals. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how they get around that because they do celebrate a, a lot of Jewish families, well, most, I would imagine, that are actually, you know, practicing in the Jewish faith, they do follow a lot of these traditions because these are actually covenants between the Israeli people, Israeli, <laughs> <laughs> the Israelite people and God. So these are lasting covenants, lasting things that they have to do throughout the generations. So they hold on to a lot of those things, but the whole sacrificing of all the animals, they don't do that. I don't know why, because technically they should, right? But I, I don't, I don't think they could legally get away with it. Probably not. 
Yeah. So anyway, those are the feasts. Um, they're supposed to be celebrated in addition to all of the other um, gifts, sacrifice and off- sacrifices and offerings required of the Israelites to God um, throughout the year and by God's calendar. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So that's all for today. Next time, we're going to talk about sacrifices and offerings more because, you know, there's nothing better than talking about killing shit all the time. Well, I mean, that's an essential part of being a Jew is killing a bunch of shit. Yeah. We're also going to talk about cereal offerings, which are like... um, Like Captain Crunch? <laughs> No. I hereby offer you this Reese's. And, and God's like, fuck Reese's. You better get me Cap'n Crunch. No, I like Golden Grahams. I like Fruity Pebbles. What is your favorite cereal? Please let us know in the comments <laughs> now. So, yeah, we're going to go through cereal offerings, which is flour, oil, frankincense, unleavened bread, uh, salt, first fruits, that kind of shit. Um, then they're going to go around, um, and talk about peace offerings, clean, clean, cleanliness, um, portions for the priests, sin offerings, all kinds of crap like that. So we're going to go through what each of the offerings are and how they're supposed to be carried out. Hmm. Well, awesome. Can't wait for those particular set of laws. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to figure out intriguing ways in which to make this bearable. Yeah. <laughs> well heathens uh it was kind of a short one today but i mean we kind of designed it to be that way yeah i had bit. a paper i had to finish before and ge had to record something for jackson wheat yes i did so be looking for me on jackson wheat's channel soon yes go uh, subscribe to jackson wheat yeah He's I w- super smart Really, really smart. Yeah, except for this particular episode, he's actually not talking about like biology or evolution or anything. Um, he's actually talking about some philosophical things, and so he oh, okay. wanted, yeah, he wanted me to help. Interesting. Yeah. So be looking out for that, and I guess we'll see you heathens in the next podcast. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.